John Rush is on a mission to help people with significant barriers to employment find jobs, break the cycle of dependency, and establish self-sufficiency. It's a tall order, but he's getting it done in Columbus, Ohio. Welcome to In the Business of Change, where we speak with social entrepreneurs impacting their communities and the world. I'm your host, Elisa Birnbaum, publisher and editor-in-chief of Sea Change Magazine. On today's episode, we speak with John Rush, president and CEO of Clean Turn Enterprises, a social enterprise incubator that creates small businesses like a demolition company and a cleaning service to employ men and women who are formerly impacted by homelessness, incarceration, human trafficking, and domestic violence. What does it take to inspire interdependent self-sufficiency? How does challenging perception affect social impact? Take a listen to find out. As a kid, I, I grew up in a home where my mom was an addict, and early on I was exposed to what the life of an addict looked like. Um, my dad and I grew up in a, and I was in a little trailer park with my dad in West Virginia, so I grew up in Appalachian poverty. I didn't know I was in po- poverty because we used to volunteer at the homeless shelter, and I thought folks at the homeless shelter were in poverty. Right. And then we'd make frequent stops to the nursing home, and I was always remembering as a kid thinking how short life is, and it'll be over soon and so I want to live a life with purpose and so you said you started it off when 2000 and what 2000 and January of 2012 is when we officially launched okay so um which one did you launch first so we launched clean turn as a social enterprise incubator with six business lines and so we had six business lines that we initially launched with um which was probably a little over ambitious especially given the limited you know startup capital that we had (laughs) um (laughs) And so we, we axed two of those at the end of the first year because okay. the gross margins just weren't weren't where they needed to be, plus we needed more focus. And then we continued the other four, um, two of which since that time we've launched as Clean Turn Demolition Services, which does demolition and bulk removal services. And the key for us is once we get a certain amount of volume in the business line where we have enough revenue, enough profitable revenue to kind of separate it out as its own brand mm. – then we'll do so. And at that point, one of the criteria is, you know, is there enough cash flow to hire a managing director who can kind of own that business line and really just embrace uh, that business line and the unique mission that might go along with that business line uh, to keep it propel moving forward. And then, and then kind of secondly, does that person have the vision of standardizing the operations so that it can be replicated and because the goal was to create these as franchisable models. And so, uh, we, okay. like, and she has a names case, you know, she has a name cleaning Columbus. Yeah. But we're actually talking to a group in Chicago, about a, a she has a name Chicago and she has a name Cincinnati and she has a name Cleveland. Those are kind of our targeted initial target cities. And so, um, now whether or not that's sustainable as we scale to other cities, that's something we'll have to figure out as we move along. So our main focus is employing folks who are coming out of challenging backgrounds, primarily incarceration, but also other traumatic experiences like human trafficking, domestic violence, um, substance abuse, etc. And so, tell me a bit more about the. Is it she has an? Is that what it's called? She has a. She has a name cleaning. Name. Yes, yeah, some cleaning. So, tell me a bit more how that started and and yeah. and who it's geared at. For all business lines, we're hiring folks who are coming out of challenging backgrounds. We use that very broad category right. to to kind of just leave it open ended. Right. 
for She Has a Name, we recognized that a lot of the ladies that we were working with in our community, um, there was a challenge around um, sexual abuse being um, e- either as a kid, folks were molested as a kid, introduced to drugs in their teenage years, and then ended up getting connected with a pimp, and then it's just the whole cycle of, you know, trafficking is a lot different here in Columbus than it is in, you know, Thailand. Mm-hmm. But but it's still dealing with situations where ladies are getting taken advantage of in their addiction or even outside of their addiction, but primarily in their addiction. Right. And so, you know, typically folks are called prostitutes. And 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 whatever the language is, for us, it's 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 an issue of a, of a person that's being taken advantage of and entered into the marketplace, typically not necessarily by choice on the front end. And even when it's, you know, by choice, there's still a lot of manipulation and a lot of abuse and a lot of traumatic experiences in the front end that kind of move a person in that direction. And so, so, and there's a lot of social service work happening and providing support, trauma care support, counseling. I say a lot. There could be a lot more, frankly. But comparative to employers who are intentional about providing supportive employment, there's a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, because there was really no focus on how do we create actual employment for survivors of human trafficking, and that, again, not just survivors of human trafficking, but victims of domestic survivors of domestic violence, right. it's coming out of substance abuse, and sometimes there's overlap. But there are a few folks that were saying, "Hey, look, how do we provide that supportive employment for you know individuals, like actual real work, so we can create a pathway to what we call interdependent self-sufficiency?" And so, for each of the business lines, that's the pathway we're looking to create. It's not um, dependency. We want to. You know, for some folks that are coming out of generational poverty, especially, we want to break the cycle of dependency, but we don't want to create little narcissists who run around and the only thing they think about is themselves and how much money they can make and how they can just live for themselves and blah, blah, blah. We want to create folks who are community-minded, oriented, who think holistically, think about their engagement with their neighbor, and so we call it interdependent uh, self-sufficiency. And so, yeah, you're taking care of yourself and your family, but you recognize you need to be in community, right? Mm-hmm. We're, designed, we're designed to be in community, not isolated, atomistic, you know, individuals. So, Got it. And so did that uh, business start up around the same time? They all started around the same time, so 2012? So, yeah, so Clean Turn, Clean Turn was the one we launched in 2012, and then the six business lines, they all started at the same time. Okay. And yeah, and then we cut two of those out, right. and we continued to build the other four. And then about two two years or two and a half years ago, we launched the janitorial business line as she has a name cleaning services. Uh, okay. Again, again, once we had enough volume of work and revenue that we could hire a managing director to kind of take ownership of that business line and help it continue to grow. Mm-hmm. And so since since inception, as an entire organization, we've employed 527 individuals. Wow. 42% have used us as a stepping stone to move on to other opportunities in the marketplace um, or to stay with us and grow with us as we grow. All of our supervisors were at one point field associates who at one point were field representatives. And so it's been neat to see us groom and grow folks internally. Passion Purpose Profit Brand we launched three years ago, actually prior to She Has a Name, uh, just because we saw so many folks coming in. We interview roughly 1,500 people a year and we can't hire everyone. So we thought, We've got to start now engaging the broader business community and educating them on how do you create the right culture 
for individuals that are coming out of challenging backgrounds. And that means more than just having record sealed or expungement or mm-hmm. banning box. We need to know the past, acknowledge the past, so that we know how to better coach you, mentor you into the future. Got and it. if all we do is hide it, then we're setting you up for failure. It might be easier if I'm a traditional nonprofit that's placement focused to place you in a job because I get grant money to place you in a job. But two months later, you're going to go to nonprofit B and get placed again and then lose your job. And the businesses that hire you here in the U.S., we have the work opportunity tax credit. So the business community is incentivized to hire you because they get a tax credit. But they only get to apply that tax credit in the first year. So they're incentivized to certainly hire you, but they're not incentivized to keep you. A lot of people, I always ask this question about scale and growth and how to know when to grow and, and not to grow too fast, but not to grow too slow. Like those are the questions that come up a lot. Um, and wondering how you decided on that franchise model and how you decide when to make those decisions and when to take the next steps. Now you said you're ready in talks, right, with other cities, um, with one of the businesses, uh, at least one you mentioned. But, uh, yeah, just curious how, how that comes about, how that decision is made. Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. I mean, part of it is for us at a certain point, it's just pulling, frankly, pulling the trigger and kind of learning through one or two to see how, where are the wrinkles? What do we need to iron out? You know, what do we have to learn? Um, it's kind of like, should I get an MBA or not get an MBA? <laughs> should I do business? You know, well, do both. Do business and get an MBA because you'll probably get stuff in the classroom that's helpful. But then there's also stuff that you can't in a book or you can't get in the class. So it's that's like, you know, yes. just, do it. just start doing something. Learn quick. <laughs> pivot quick. Uh, you know, whatever you need to do. You know, so just figure it out, though. So that's part of it. For us, another part is we at least once every month or two, we get a call from a, a, an organization or an individual from another city saying, hey, look, we've heard about you. We want to launch one in our city. And I've said up to this point, we're not quite ready. Mm-hmm. Maybe some of the criteria in terms of being ready is I want to ensure we have the fluidity of how we bring people on board, how we initially train, and how we ensure appropriate job-specific training and then the ongoing coaching, mentoring, and life skills training that takes place post-placement. And how do we create a synergistic system that operates the same way in each location, at least very similarly, you know, operates in the same way. So that's that's a piece of it. Not just how do we do janitorial cleaning services, cleaning services well. Obviously, right. there's a manual that needed to be developed there. But it's also how do we do supervise, supervisor training well, how do we like life skills training well, because that's the type of stuff that's also going to be getting replicated when we do these launches. And so, and some of the launches may be mergers, and so it may or acquisitions, and so it might be a, a small janitorial company that already exists in another city, whose CEO or executive leadership team buy into the mission. And there, we have to provide the appropriate training for the leadership team and for the CEO, because that's going to look a little different than yeah. just a brand, a brand new launch. So, so you're open to different different ways, different models that might make more sense in certain places? and For the first two or three, and, and then after that, kind of evaluating, seeing where we need to make adjustments. And then I would imagine that when we go from three to four to, you know, five to ten, we'll probably be a little bit more, we'll probably be less nimble and more um, consistent in terms of the structure and the parameters with which we're going to be operating. We always ask people the lessons learned or any kind of tips that they would give other people. 
anything you would um, advise? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I'm probably the last person people want to ask for advice, but... I don't know about that. (laughs) Um, But I would say, like, don't try... Like, I don't know. Part of me is... I'm more of a... I am much... I am definitely a doer. Right. Doer and I'm a pe- I love people. I just love people. I love any pe- I love all people. I love people. I'm a people person. This is good. And so I think that if if you're not a people person, find you need a partner to kind of that is the people person because they're the ones that are going to be building the relationships and, and it's right. all about relationships. And so so that's a heavy piece of it. Like and and just be a people person and don't do not get to in this. You know, don't get stuck on thinking you have to have everything figured out. Mm. I mean, really, like we launched when we launched, I had a, a business plan that was eight slides, eight PowerPoint slides, maybe ten, but and it was mostly pictures. I mean, there was a few words, there was a couple of numbers, <laughs> and I'm like, it's probably not the way to launch a business, but like, but if you have a service or a product that it's a little bit easier if you have a service or a product that people are already buying, right? Um, and you're not trying to create something brand spanking new, um, because then you got to do market validation that somebody really wants this product if it's something brand new. But if people are already buying the service of the product, then you just need to figure out how you're going to differentiate yourself in the market and and go after it and just build relationships and and make make that first you know couple of uh, sales and don't focus on the sales piece, focus on the relationship piece. Get folks to you know develop a relationship with you and you, and you do it together. You know, it's a partnership in that sense too. Right. And so, mm. um, and then third, I would just say like, you've got to be willing to work. You got to be willing to work a lot. I mean, literally like there's no such thing as work life balance in the beginning. Eventually you'll get there. And if, if your personality and your, your DNA needs that, you'll eventually get there. Right. If, if you don't, then you need to guard yourself like me. I don't, I don't, I probably don't think about that enough, um, but yeah. So be aware, self-aware. Maybe it was where it, where it lands, but yeah. Be a people person. Don't need to. Don't feel like you need to figure everything out before you start, and just be willing to really, you know, work extremely work hard. Put in the grit and the, and and yeah. And so, okay. And on that, you know, on that piece of not 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 needing to have everything figured out, you know, just stay coachable and and like open yourself up to. Learn from other people, no matter who they like, who it is. Just like always, be constantly learning and you know making mistakes. You know, make make some mistake, make them. If you're not making any mistakes, you're probably not. You're probably you're probably just drinking coffee and talking about social justice. Is that a problem? That's <laughs> what I do. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, there's a there's like for that too. I mean, I had a coffee shop earlier today. So. <laughs> oh, okay, there you go. Can I just ask you one other thing though? Because you just brought yeah, up something. You said yeah. when you're, and it's a good. It's it's you brought up something that was really interesting. You said that um, if you're starting a business or you're a service or a product that is not in the market at all, it's it's different from starting something that has competition already, and and you just have to differentiate yourself, right? So. Mm-hmm. Curious for you, you do have competition. There's a lot of people doing, there's a lot of businesses doing similar things, but your differentiator is yeah. the the social aspect or the, the social impact aspect, right? Um, is that the main, is that, does that help you sell the service when you try to sell it and to market it with that uh, as the, as the main focus? Is that, is that help you? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, uh, Yes and no. So there's a certain segment of the market that 
for sure, like they just love the mission. Like and right. you know, like on our she has an in cleaning side, for example, in the residential, you know, there are a number of folks who are already involved in the anti human trafficking space. And so now if they can sign up with somebody that's gonna come and clean their home and support anti human trafficking efforts at the same time and employ a survivor, are you kidding me? Like, yes, I want you to clean my house. Right. Now obviously the house needs to be clean <laughs> and it needs to be a competitive price. Yes. So there is a segment of the market to which it's automatically an attractive feature. There's a segment of the market that's like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. I know you're a survivor of human trafficking, but I also know that you were a heroin addict for six years. Mm. And I know that you got a criminal history. And so I don't know about you coming in my house because that's probably not a good idea. Right. Like I'll support, I'll support anti-human trafficking efforts, but I'm not going to have you in my house, right? And so... So yes, we're probably excluding because of our mission orientation mm-hmm. segment of the market. Um, you know, and is it the main differentiator for us? Probably, but um, increasingly for us, we're pushing um, us speaking into the anti-human trafficking space as the differentiator. Mm-hmm. That makes also makes a makes a big a big difference. And then the fact of word of mouth. I mean, once you get a solid customer base, and and I hate saying customer, but that's that's a everybody knows what a customer is. But they're these are relationships. Yeah. People that whether they believe in your mission or don't believe in your mission or they struggle with your mission or whatever, whatever. Like they love you, you love them, you care about them, you want them to have a clean place. You don't want them to stress out about that. Like mm-hmm. you just and so creating a culture here where we have a family culture. We love each other here, and because of, from that from that st- from that foundational aspect of us caring for each other, we're going to care for our, our community, and our care for our community is extended to our customers who are our friends, and we're going to clean their place, and they're not going to worry about their place anymore. And then word of mouth it just starts spreading, and then you're uniformed, you show up on time, and you do a great job, and you have a competitive price, and you got a mission. Now you really stick out. Absolutely. But you, you kind know, of need all those things, it seems. You have to sort of provide a great service as well, be competitive yeah. priced, and the mission. So yeah. you definitely can't let one fall, right? It all has to be. All, oh, yeah. yeah. And for the staff, what's really neat, like our team members, you know, we constantly talk about two, we're in the business, all of our business lines. Like every when I do the orientation for new hires, I get about 15 minutes. And the thing I hammer the most, and I always talk about this wherever I'm at in our organization, is we're in the business ultimately of changing perceptions. The general public's perception is if you come from a certain type of background or you've had certain challenges in your past, you're not going to be able to make a difference in society. You, you, I can't trust you, etc. Right. We are in the business. Now, I can't do that. I can't do that by myself, and you can't do it by yourself. As a team, though, we can change perceptions. And to the degree that we do excellent work every single day, how we talk, how we drive our vehicles, how we clean homes, how we treat each other, we're going to change public perceptions, A. B, everybody that's in this organization, to the degree that we do well, guess what happens? People love us and more people call us and say, hey, I want my house clean. And what happens then? More people come to interviews. Next thing you know, we have new team members. Look what you just did by simply cleaning a toilet. You opened up a prison door and opened up an opportunity for somebody to take care of themselves and their little kid. Like you did that by cleaning a toilet. Like, are you kidding me? Like, you can provide opportunity and hope for somebody by cleaning a toilet? Like, and that's what we do. I mean, that's what we do. It's not hard work. It's not complicated work. It's mission-oriented work. It's community-changing work, you know? And so, like, and that's what makes it so fun. I mean, like, you don't have to be, you know, 
a Steve Jobs. You don't have to be a Bill. You don't have to be. A, you don't have to be a Martha Stewart. You don't have to be. You, you get, get these businesses figured out. And now Martha Stewart, she got locked up too. <laughs> Hopefully, she can take advantage of that situation and impact the reentry space in a positive way. But like, yes, like all of us can do that, right? I mean, that's the beauty about what. And so we emphasize that quite a bit. Then the third piece, I should just throw that out there, is we talk about work as a crucible. Like you probably experience this every day. Everybody does, right? There's certain things you'd rather not do in the course of your day related to work. Yep. But there's disciplines that we learn from just sticking it out and doing it, like showing up on time to a meeting or, you know, um, just or doing a certain task. And it's like, oh, and we build character in our workplace. There's conflict. We learn how to do a conflict at work. Guess what happens? Next time it happens in our home, we know how to manage it better because we're developing a new way of thinking about the world and life. Thank you for listening to In the Business of Change. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast to hear other conversations with inspired social entrepreneurs and change makers working on challenges in their communities and across the globe. I'm your host, Elisa Brinkhoff.